Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Hey, Moraine. Episode 46, my friend. 46. That's Valentino Rossi's number. Wow. Really? Did yes. it, was he an ice cream champion or something? No, is, he uh, drove He drove bikes. Or he, he's drive, he drives bikes. He rides bikes. bikes. He rides, yeah, probably. He rides bikes, he probably. He rides bikes, yeah, I yeah, think no, so. He's, he's, and actually he drove Formula One cars as well. He tested for Ferrari. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I cool. also think there's a great video with Hamilton and Rossi swapping over. So Rossi drove the Mercedes car, Hamilton rode the bike, and then vice versa. <laughs> so there's, I think that's oh, a that YouTube cool. video. It is well worth doing. I'm sure it's Rossi that was the guy that did yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, Rossi was at one point was tested for testing for Ferrari to see okay. whether he could do. Do you know there's only one person in the world that's won both championships, the motorbike championship and the Formula One championship? But please don't ask me what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Australian Formula One winner. Um, yeah, Alan, probably, Jones. Yeah. Alan Jones. Alan no, Jones. No, 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 no. Older than that. Damn, now I should Doesn't never ask matter. a question. Doesn't What's matter. What's that rule? Never ask a question that you know what the, the answer is? That, like a, that, there's yeah. a new rule. Don't answer a don't ask a question if you don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I will actually have to find that out now because I'm interested in that. I think the guy's still alive. He's knocking on a bit. And uh, yeah, some time ago he did both the bike. And I think Damon Hill did the same. He also won, did bikes and cars. And this is completely irrelevant to Office 365 and exactly. whiskey, though, isn't it? Nothing at all. Yes. I'm, I'm a man with a limited lifestyle. I like my cars. I like my whiskey. And unfortunately, I do like my job, too. Yes, but. and for some reason we like chocolate as well sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, well. chocolate thing started when we tasted that whiskey the other week and we ended I up know. with that dark chocolate and orange and it was such an awesome combination. It was a brilliant combination, so, yes. Yeah, was, we'll for some reason, every time we're now talking about whiskey, whiskey we always it. talk about chocolate as well. Like, <laughs> why? How? Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got ice cream coming as soon as we finished here now, yes. so we're definitely into exactly. sweet stuff. But that's but cool. But that is that that might also be like a taste comparison that we can do, like the whiskey that we're gonna drink today, which is triple distilled, and has some red uh, was was matured in red wine casks. Yep. So would that be a good match with the cookie dough that we're gonna taste after this? This might be a comparison. That's true, I suppose. And I'm also watching some MasterChef stuff at the moment, one of my sort of guilty pleasures at the end of the day. And there's a, there was a chef there that's into whiskey, uh, one of the contestants, and she made um, uh, whiskey, chocolate whiskey ice cream sandwiches uh, using Lagavulin. I mean, I saw and watched the label, so I even know, and I can yeah. imagine that smokiness. And oh. she smoked the ice cream too. And uh, yeah, man, that sounds cool. Oh, why are we okay. talking about food so much? Wow. Okay. <laughs> we just ate. Yeah. I know. I guess yeah. so. We're three minutes in and I'm going to say it now. Office 365. There we go. Oh, okay. We've, we've had a reference of yes. it. We're already in. Yes, Mr. So, Accountant. Yes, we were talking about Office 365. <laughs> so well. I think we haven't talked about adoption for a while. We've been it's gassing true. on and off about it for the last hour while we've been chatting around. Um and while so, we were chatting and apparently not recording like we were just doing right now. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Tell everybody our failures. Hashtag screwed up. Yes. Exactly. Moraine saved the day. We hadn't got 50 minutes in before he went, are we recording? And I went, yeah, we are. And when I removed the window, we weren't. Okay. Guilty as charged. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, but you had to mention it. Yes. <laughs> because we need to celebrate our failures we certainly need to celebrate our exactly. failures we've just finished a session with uh, SharePoint Saturday Cincinnati exactly that we did yes about the the working with the business uh, this time around search yep 
very much so, mm-hmm. uh, and how closely that needs to be done together. So that's pretty cool. And uh, we're then we're finishing here. We'll probably end up joining a virtual drink up with the collabs days for Netherlands. Exactly tomorrow. Busy evening. Yeah. yeah. And then we're presenting again tomorrow. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there we go. It's awesome. It is. Good. And you wanted to do a shout out. I wanted to do a shout-out. Which will set up the basis for what we want to talk about. Exactly, exactly. As you just said, like adoption is a topic that we haven't really been talking about lately. So I do want to do a little shout-out to the... And grab... How do you say that? Grab yourself? No. (laughs) Wrap yourself (laughs) around? (laughs) No. How do you say that? Like Hold hold of something? Yes. While I say the full name. So the... The, it is the Adoption and Change Management Teams Europe User Group. It's a user group focusing around Microsoft 365 and Teams user adoption with some of the big names um, that we have in the community. So we've got Carolina Ketukari, we've got Alexander Eggers, we've got Amanda Sterner, Michael Roth, uh, Edita Gorzon, uh, you know her from uh, Poland. So uh, they're doing um, sessions on uh, YouTube. So they do it live on YouTube and they re- they record it as well, of course. Um, and they are talking all around uh, Office 365 and uh, user adoption. Um, so they just had their second uh, meetup, uh, which was really good. We're talking about the Prosky, Atkar model, stuff like that. Cool. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. The uh, URL is uh, acmteams.com, which is way easier to remember than <laughs> their whole full name. I was just thinking, I'm yeah. glad they're not doing adoption of Stream and SharePoint and Forms because the name would be cool. You need an <laughs> ultra-wide screen. Just all the letters. <laughs> all the letters. Yes. They could call it just M365 adoption. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, dot .eu or something. Yeah, exactly. The bottom line, though, is they're right in that Teams requires a different kind of adoption to Forms or different kind True. of adoption yeah. to SharePoint. Yes. Um, and, you know, going from Lotus Notes but to But why Outlook. is that? Why is that? I've got an idea around that, but why, why is that? You say Teams requires a different kind of adoption. Yeah, but why? If if I'm an IT manager and you're trying to sell me to go to Teams and you're saying, yeah, it requires a different kind of adoption, so you can't do the same adoption and communication that you've always done. Yeah, okay, but why? You're asking the wrong guy, really, because I don't necessarily... <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I played devil's advocate last time oh, about yeah, sure. not doing okay. adoption no, when okay. we did this before. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, why specifically Teams? Uh, I think the obvious answer is just because of its size and complexity and the fact that you can build as an SDK, it's got a huge way of building applications. Yeah. To earlier okay. today, you we were on MS Teams for this presentation in Cincinnati yeah. and uh, I was looking for a link and you went, oh, there it is, look in a tab. They've made the, the thing, link into a tab. I wouldn't have even thought of doing that because I don't use it often enough at this okay. point in time. Yeah. Um, as a consultant, of course, you end up focusing on, on different things and I've been doing really the adoption of uh, of SharePoint more than anything else. Okay. But does it need I anything think different? I think it's just literally the complexity. No, I think it's because it's it requires a different way of working. So it's a per, it's a people change, not really a technology change. Because your documents are still on SharePoint. I think it's just it it requires a different way of working from people. So if you go from SharePoint 2010 to 2013 that's not really a big change. Or if you go from SharePoint 2013 to SharePoint in the cloud to modern, even that's not really a huge change. But if you go from SharePoint and email going to Teams, that is a big change in the in the heads of people. So that is, I think, why it is requiring a, a whole different way of adoption than anything else because it's just it requires people to work in a completely different way I see this with my customer in uh, in the Netherlands uh, all the time nobody wants to go to teams they want to use teams for meetings they don't want to use it for chat they don't want to use it for working because they've been working with email and with documents on their file server for 
so long that they can't be bothered with changing over to teams. Is it not part of the fact that people, there is just so much change around? The logic of building a change program kind of never will work because you're constantly changing. So at what point do you stop? Never. You never stop changing. So Why would you ever so stop there, changing? So therefore, it's not change. Because it's a constant. It's constant. Change is the constant. Didn't we talk about this on a podcast before? <laughs> I think we may well have done. Yes. But but it's true though, isn't it? At what point do you the whole bicycle thing? If you stop riding Down the, the hill bicycle, and the momentum. Then yes, I do remember that now. That was really cool. I've just well well remembered. Well, that's not what my point is. Oh. My, my 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 point is that uh, actually, to be honest, I think I forgot the point already. Okay. I think people now live with change. Full yes. stop. All right. If you're age 40 and above in an organization, maybe you won't change so That's much. the problem okay. with my customer that they're all 50 and older. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah. The applications change so freaking quickly. We've already been through the roadmap before. Yeah. We know that they change. Okay. Um, and your concept of it being a people change... I'm not convinced that's it true either. A, a completely different way of work. Yes, I know, but that's just a new tool, isn't it? So if I buy a new car and the old one was petrol and the new one is diesel, I need to think about those differences in terms of the way the engines work. If the new one is a hybrid, I certainly need to think about differently, but it doesn't stop me buying the car, and I oh, don't true. need to go on a six-week training course to be able to convert from a petrol-driven car to a hybrid. So I, I kind of, I always have a problem with this. If you're going to change anything, you need to, to have, obviously, the right communications and everything else. And I think the point that we should move on to here, really, is about how you measure that change. Yes. Which is why I was coming back to this consistency. Yes, so the change models that I've always liked to use are the kind of one, two, three thing, you know? Mm. So you define yeah. exactly what a one is and what a two is and what a three is. And then you work out where people are. So a one is I can open the program. I'm familiar with what it does. And I'm able to do just the bits that I need to do. If I'm a two, then I can open that program up. Uh, and I can see the new features and I'm excited about using those features and I will make myself go and get trained on them. And if I'm a three, you know, this is all second nature to me that I'm just the kind of person that goes, oh, I need to do that. I'll spend a few minutes working it out and I'm good to go. You know, so if I have a company that's at three, I don't need a change program okay. because everything that comes out, I'm already good. So I've I've got that measurement. If I've got a bunch of ones, then I need to work out how many people I need to get to two and how many people I need to get to three. And how the heck do you do that? And when do you stop the change? Or don't you? Yeah. And That's a good question. Yeah. If it's consistent, is it not just operations? Is it not just an operational run thing? So it's different for every organization? Yeah. But Teams is weird. There's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah, Teams yeah, is yeah. weird. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it's also, um, it's actually the, the first um, product from Microsoft that's coming out where I see that kind of emphasis on adoption. Like when we went from SharePoint 2013 to SharePoint Online, for example. But that's just buying another petrol car to a petrol car. Yeah, yeah but I, I didn't... I. There wasn't that much focus on, on adoption. I'm just saying that the focus has shifted from 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 governance like a few years ago. Well, uh, the, the whole rage was, was governance. Everybody had to do governance and governance was the big keyword and now the last few years it's been adoption was the big keyword. Everything needs to be adopted and communicated and put I feathers up there. I think it's just consultants that just want to make sure they stay in work. That as well might <laughs> might very well be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a certain logic around here that that you need to think about. So, for example, 
The ultimate objective is that you do not affect the business bottom line. So that's the outcome the of the business. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. I'm producing widgets, I still need to carry on producing widgets yeah. and I need to upgrade to whatever. So that's the first yeah. thing. The second thing is that when I do upgrade, what value am I adding to the company? So what am I going to do better after I've upgraded? And then the change can be justified. Yes, so and th because yeah, we're then we're to... talking about ROI. Correct. That's then we're what... talking about return on investment. investment. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Now, if I'm going to go from Lotus Notes email to Outlook, do I need a lot of adoption or a little adoption? It's a completely different interface, completely different way of True. working. But I only need a little bit of an adoption because people have to use email. Yeah, and they've been used to using email. So yeah, yeah, but it's a completely different way it's of working. It's a different, completely yeah, different way. completely different interface, yeah. Different but, features. But yeah. Do I need to do a large adoption with Teams? Yes. Mainly because people don't need it and they don't have to go to it. Ooh, that's a slippery slope of... If I have SharePoint oh. and I can go to my document libraries, I can synchronize them down to my Windows 10. I don't need to do anything else. My Outlook I have to have because I have to have my email. Yeah. But my MS Teams, I can Why get away on a day-to-day -day basis teams? without it. Yeah, well, well, you've got you've got many things. So SharePoint and 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 the Exchange part for your conversations. But then again, you also have your your Skype for Business part around your meeting and around your your whole chat. Skype uh, for Business exists, does it? Yeah. Yes, you but it's going away. Part. Yeah. 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 No, but the Skype for Business thing is going away. You you do know that, right? That Skype for Business is being phased out. And really? It's when did they announce that? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but really, I, I mean... Then let's just, just go back to my point a second. Yeah, okay. Right? So we don't need Teams. I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to say that that's why an adoption is required. Because you're not actually... Teaching them how to use this application, where you are, but that's part of it. But you're actually saying, as you said earlier, there's a huge shift. There's a set of tools here. So my MVP, which is I must not affect the creation of my widgets. But there is value in getting everybody to Teams because of instant meetings, the ability to message each other, the ability to cross-support content with messaging, the ability to get to my OneDrive files, so it's my one-stop interface to my collaborative environment. Yeah. So the reason that all of that adoption is in there is because that's the only way you can get a return on investment. Because if people don't want to use it, they don't have to. I I very ah, rarely use. Okay, okay. I very rarely use a collaborative tool. I go. I I mean I I sell SharePoint for twenty years. Okay, yeah. and I've worked on it for 10 years, but I just synchronize my files down to my laptop. And the only time I go into Office 365 is if I need to do something. Like today, I said on the, on the podcast, OneDrive search is amazing because it searches all the content I've got access to, whether it's in SharePoint or whatever. So if I can't find something, boom, OneDrive, dang, dang, find the document. Oh, yeah, I'll just synchronize that library down when I need it next time. And I've got the content where I need to get it to. So the reason you need to do adoption for Teams is because the added value has to be worked at to be obtained. True. Yes. That, I think that's that's a better standpoint than the one you had five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> oh, no, no. no, I, no. Did, I, I told you I was being facetious. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But no, but that's true. Yeah. If you don't do proper user adoption, then you don't get the benefits of something no. like Teams. It's exactly the same thing like when we were having uh, lunch earlier, you were talking about Top Gear and, and those guys and the fact that uh, that uh, Hammond had his whole big crash. If he had had user adoption around how the car works, then he would probably have driven it even faster without crashing. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> in this yeah. particular case, I, I recommended this, it, the, the Remco electric car where he took it off in Switzerland. Yeah. There's a great YouTube video with the company and they say, we know exactly what you did wrong. You had too much torque going into that bend. You'd been at that bend three times before, but this time you went around with too much torque and then zoom off you went. And they could measure that. 
So the computer was telling them exactly what he did wrong. So I wanted to say, so why didn't the computer stop him? Yeah. Why did the computer we, not go, hey, just a minute, I know you're going to crash here and ruin a million-dollar electric car, so I think I'll just stop you now. Yeah, but that's that's one of the unique selling positions that, uh, for example, BMW has and that I also have in my little sports car. Like, my little sports car has a steering wheel, it's got windshield wipers, it's got a button for the lights, and then I only have two more buttons, and one is to uh, do that uh, automatic uh, driving assist to turn it halfway off, and the other button is to turn it all the way off. Those are traction the only control. the traction control. Yep. Those are the only buttons that I have in my car. But that's because this is the only kind of sports car you can afford. True. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But I know that, for example, on the BMW uh, M series, that there are some buttons that you can use to turn that off as well. The, the, there was an interesting analogy that came to my head uh, two seconds ago. Um, which again it just flew again, but it was about cars. But I'll, it, I'll come back to it in a minute. <laughs> it was oh no no there was um, uh, an, a, a, it was the Grand Tour team again. But they were talking about um, how people will abuse uh, automatically driven cars. So there was uh, they were saying that because there's going to be so much kind of morality code in there about what they can and can't do, you just walk out in the road. You won't care anymore because the car will automatically stop and you can even get to the point where you can say to the car i'm walking towards you and the car will go "Ooh, it's coming towards me i better reverse <laughs> i need to keep my distance from this human being and he said you can have so much fun all these people in there with reading their newspapers in their car that is supposed to be driving them somewhere <laughs> and, and you're just hijacking it by going no off you go back back <laughs> back and it's, they were talking about yes and if you have a baby with you you could have a pretend baby and the car would have to go just hold on a minute I, and then do to I, decide do I have yeah. to do I, do I drive over the cliff with this businessman reading his newspaper or do I kill a baby with a mother with a baby so it says yeah it says these cars have got a hell of a problem but that's that's exactly <laughs> MS Teams okay <laughs> exactly MS Teams there is an advantage with a self-driving car there's yes. advantages with MS Teams. But what's the story you tell so that people want to start using it? Isn't that it's what true. we should be dealing with? Yes. And the other analogy is it's only fun when everybody else does it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Just imagine you can herd self-drive cars. <laughs> you will get together. Would <laughs> <laughs> you also use a dog for that? Like in the, in the <laughs> meadows. Dog. Yeah, like, like a sheepdog, like a car sheepdog. Oh, well, anyway. Um, but no, it's true. No, so the but adoption yes. process. So coming back to my one, two, three. Yes. So my three is somebody that takes on content as change without a mm -hmm. problem at all, works it out. Yeah. No worries. They can go do what they like. My two needs to be trained and taught. My one needs to be convinced this is a good idea. Exactly. Yes. And so I think that a lot of this is kind of, uh, that's where the adoption really comes into this. True. And... True. The organization needs to know where it wants to go to with Teams. True. This is yes. not a IT department saying, hey, we're going to roll out Teams. Yeah, we're going to give you a new to toy to play with now. It's not that. It's no. really the organization management, CIO level, C-level stuff needs to say, okay, as an organization, we're going we're to go to Teams and we're going to do all of our meeting and external meetings with it. And especially in today's day and age, oh, this is the where The big it's going C word, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the big C word. Um, Charlie. No, I was going to say... Catacomb. Yeah, yes. That's a, that's yes. a bigger C word. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, but uh, yeah. Um, no, I think it, this, this... I think, to be honest, and, th and that's a really dirty way to saying it, but I think regarding Teams adoption, COVID is the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's that well, I know that's so ugly to say, but because we now all had to work from home, there were so many companies that were saying, okay, to me as well. I mean, I had I was trying to convince a number of companies to go to Teams and they were all saying, no, we don't need it. We don't want it. Uh, it's not on our list for now. And then when the Corona thing hits, they were all calling me up saying, come to us. We need a solution right now. Come install it. Um, 
our, our friend Tony is a change manager yep. and he has his awesome story where his organization on a Tuesday we all had to work from home and on a Wednesday they were all using Teams. Yeah. And so he, so he says, why do I need adoption? Yeah. So when IT says to me in future, hey, we need six months for this and six weeks for that, they just rolled it out in a day. <laughs> that is still a crazy, a crazy story. But it isn't. <clears throat> Agile says the MVP is this is how you will now talk to everybody. That's all they wanted to tell them. Yeah. So they set up teams, they rolled it out, and the way they go. Now, admittedly, they'd been using Skype before then, so so they were kind of a little down the line. But yeah. you know, but it, still, but, still, yeah. But but it yeah. comes back to us. If I want to roll out teams, how do I do it? How do I go about rolling out teams? So here's my question to you then. So you know what's coming, so you can think about it while I'm just formulating uh -oh. the words. Uh oh. So I have MS Teams, and I'm going to roll it out onto. Every laptop, which is fair, relatively easy to, yeah. easy to do in terms of packaging it. So what are my first six steps then to adopt MS Teams? So now, now I'll be fair to you. Ooh. What are the top two? There you go. What are the Ooh. first two steps and messages? If if this needs to be adopted, what is it? What's number well, one? Well, I think first that the, the we need to have that level one email. So the level one people saying, why do we need this? So first, first communication I think would be to everyone saying, look, we've there, there's a new tool coming. Um, this is it, and this is why we're gonna use it. Fair dues. I think that's gonna be the first one. Yeah. And then the second one will be, uh, here's a link to a video that we found on YouTube about some Chinese person trying to speak in English and trying to uh, explain how Teams works. <laughs> okay, that wasn't that wasn't that funny. I that guess. didn't work. Okay, no, no. that didn't okay. work. So the first the first one no. is I'll show you how to be funny. Okay, so okay. so the first one is that email from the uh, C level to say we're going to go yeah. to MS Teams, and the second one is the email that tells them to open the first email. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's much. And then funnier. the third one yes. it says, and that's why messaging is so important in Teams. Exactly, because yes. nobody reads their emails anymore. Yeah, do we reply all things like that? Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? So, okay, so let's just get rid of all the communication stuff for a minute. So what is the first skill you teach somebody in MS Teams? Hmm. That's a good one. How I, to connect to a site? How no. to create a site? No. I how always, to access their OneDrive? I always start with the chat part. Okay, but because if that's they can't do the chat part unless they've connected to one team. Is that so? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. You the, mean the enterprise chat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, My yeah, yeah. So the, the, the one-on-one on, one on one chat or the yeah. one-to-many chat. So when I'm, when I'm delivering Teams training, I always start with that bit because that's easy. People are using WhatsApp, in, well, definitely in Europe, maybe in other places they're using something else. But they've been using a, a chat application anyway. So they quickly get on board with that and how that works. So that's that easy. And then next step, how to make a phone call to them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So all, so all those all the communication bits, yeah, yeah. stuff, the yes, video, exactly. chat. Yes, exactly. And if you then move into... Um, Before you go any further, because yeah. I just wanted to interrupt you. No, no, no. <laughs> but how many organizations don't have an existing phone system or don't have an existing messaging system I know a lot of organizations who don't have a messaging system. Really? So yes. this this is literally new and Yes, my customer in the Netherlands is doesn't have a messaging system okay. before uh, Teams. I get it. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. So the yeah, the first thing then is is to do the communication tools. So. Yeah. Yeah, but also because that chat interface you would get the same buttons if you go into your Teams posts interface you would see the exact same buttons where you can put a, a sticker or a um, um, uh, how you can mark up your text and, and things like that. So Comments that's just box. the same. Yeah. So in that way, if they already know how that chat interface works,
because it's something that they know and can relate to if you then show them the things that you can do with the posts and that it is most 99% is the same then uh, okay so obviously I'm, if we've turned into one of those podcasts where I'm constantly questioning you and trying to put you into yes, a corner exactly and That's I was fine. trying to do the first I was trying to be the first one to do that oh, oh well, I failed miserably but you're yes. an MVP you should know all these answers for MS teams ah. so here's, here's the next one I mean it's a tricky no. one so I'm not trying to be particularly no. um, uh, I'm not trying to be difficult I think it's a good conversation so how do you tell people stop sending emails now send messages so what is the one driver that you say to people, this is new and that we've put it in and now you can do this instead? Yeah. How do you convince people to start working with teams instead of emailing to everyone? I, I, I don't have the correct answer. Maybe we should invite somebody that knows proper teams adoption uh, to, to, to ask them that. But I don't have the correct answer because I, I even... Uh, notice myself that I'm doing that as well. So, for example, I'm in a little IT group with five other people, and sometimes I just send an email to those five people instead of pu putting that in uh, in the chat. Do we need a Do we need a power app that actually <laughs> looks at the email and says if this email is less than 150 words, then you uh, say to the sender. Uh, I am not going to send this an email. I've now migrated it into a message, and here's a link. That is funny. Yeah. I know. It's kind of. I'm <laughs> trying to think of a reason why I would not want to do that, other than pissing yeah. people off. Exactly. <coughs> yeah. But you could actually, you could, you could come up with a figure, couldn't you? A certain amount of words, no attachments, and to six and, people yeah. all in the same group. Yeah, in the same organization, so that you're not sending it outside. But then again, you wouldn't go the next time and directly go to Teams. You would just do it in the email because the app will take care of Who sending cares? it to Teams. End result. Exactly. That is true. Who? It doesn't matter. You just want one interface where you can just write a message and then the interface should decide where it goes, where it goes into as the email system. As long as you can find it and get it back. <gasps> yeah. And then on the other side, and, and on the other side, you already have that. You already have that because... When you don't answer something on Teams, you will get an email on that. And you can just reply in the email on Teams. And that is dead cool. I have one, uh, one, I have two words for you that I think potentially may deliver this. Are you ready? <laughs> Outlook Spaces. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Lotus Notes. Because oh, Lotus no, Notes that. kind of had it that. It did that, yes. <laughs> it did that. That's true. Outlook Spaces. Oh, my. So maybe that's where we're going to end up seeing there a little bit more intelligence mm. on how to present that data. But we'll, Who knows? we'll worry about it later. Anyway. So one of the things that I, I wanted to cover in this, so I get it, MS Teams adoption and all those things. Yeah, so yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to add on that, I'd like no, to. No, I, 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 I kind of wanted to go to the ROI part of, the, of, the whole, of this so whole thing. So did I. Good. Cool. Wow. No. I think in 46 episodes, this is the first <laughs> time that we agree on something. <laughs> So I wanted to look at the changes that came out in the book of news last week around the productivity score. Yes. And those new areas uh, in terms of judging that return on investment. And I have to what say... Is, what is the productivity score? Yeah, I'll get okay. into that in a second. Okay. No, no, that's cool. Uh, great question. Because I was, I was going to say that it was somebody new to me. So I, I know that it's endpoint stuff and managing laptops. And, and it's all about the whole measurement thing, which I think is... Uh, I'm really going to get into looking into this because I think it's pretty awesome. Um, in terms of actually being able to go, this is working and this is not. Not just physically whether the machine's working, but actually whether it's working to within a standard. You know, okay. things like... Um, <clears throat> how long it takes the machine to boot up and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's a whole load of new things around, out and about that are all about identifying how well people are doing in the new environments. So, for example, we already know that the um, uh, analysis work, how many hours you spend in meetings, how many minutes you spend yeah, doing that's this. The, the workplace analytics, analytics or the, stuff, the yeah. my analytics that will tell me. And so they're taking all of that <laughs> kind of stuff and as part of this productivity score, they're basically using a kind of Power BI to create a set of assumptions 
around how well you're doing. So, is is a, is a is an assumption. Um, uh, if people are in more meetings per month now than they were a year ago, are they being more or less efficient? Okay, so let's assume you can have those figures. Now, they're obviously going to be in more meetings now than mm -hmm. they were a year yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the real question is, if they had 30% of their time free in September to do their work, okay, and they now only have 10% free, does that mean that they're actually two-thirds less efficient? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. And I don't know whether that's true or not, but you would look at your production figures and you would look at your um, features and your delivery and your task list and you get some idea of whether or not that was done. But if things are not getting done on time or they're getting delayed, you don't have any evidence as to where or why or, or what that is. But this productivity score is going to give you those kinds of things. So it's basically going to sit there and say, are people working well from home? Are they mm -hmm. connecting well on VPN? So they got that kind of connectivity time. And then how much time are they spending in one-to-one -one meetings with somebody? And how much time are they spending in meetings with five or six people? And are those people in those meetings actually delivering their goals and objectives? Because, you know, a lot of them are now tracked on Planner, on TFS, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those kinds yeah. of other tools. So you're able to actually come up with this figure of productivity and how well you're doing. And it's only when you have those details. You remember my one, two, three mm -hmm. from, from Teams? Now I can actually throw a bunch of figures at that and actually get a real idea of what my achievements need to be with uh, adoption. So if I just want them to start messaging... I can actually work out how many people are still emailing and how many people are messaging because I have those statistics being collected now by the productivity score and to be able to do those figures. So the only way I can decide whether I have a high return on investment is if I'm seeing a change. Mm -hmm. The only way we used to be able to do that was by surveying people. Yeah, And then, exactly, of course, yeah. nobody responds. People lie because they yeah. know what they should be doing. Yeah. But now I have the numbers. If you used to send 200 emails a week internally and now you send 130 emails a week internally and but you have an increase in messaging, then based upon what my goals are, we're now being more efficient because messages are quicker and yeah. easier and, and all those kind yeah. of stuff. Mm -hmm. If, however, I used to spend 10 hours in meetings and 20 hours working, but now I'm spending... 10 hours in meetings, 20 hours messaging people because I just used to talk to them before, I kind of have to work out whether or not yeah. I'm being efficient yeah. and I don't know the answer. No, so I the idea that. of this yeah. productivity score is, not, is, is also about how efficient your laptop's being and whether there's a problem connecting to your But it's also the people's side. Network like analysis. The, yeah. But the new stuff now is, is really looking at the network side. And, and I kind of can uh, basically quote a few things here. Uh, from the productivity website because I was looking at them earlier mm. and I identified them. Transform how work gets done with the productivity. It provides you visibility on how your organization works. Yeah. We don't have that today. No. Insights that identify where you can enable improved experiences so people can reach their goals and upskill themselves. And I think it's ideal. That, so with the My Analytics, I get an... And the, the Cortana daily emails, I get an email saying, oh, this might be a task. Did you already do that? Oh, it looks like you've got a lot of meetings. Do you want to book in some focus time? Things like that. So that is on, on my level. So on the productivity score, that is going to the CIO or to the HR person. And they're going to look at it and they're going to say, hmm, we're doing a lot of meetings. We need to dial down on the meetings or potentially i think it's uh, it's an admin level thing so yeah. you but actually have to go to admin. who is who would be the main audience to read that information and to do something with that information would that be a new role like now the we've got adoption consultants for example would that be <laughs> a new role like produ productivity score consultant i don't think that would be the case but there are already a lot of work being done by the big five on what your organization will look like when it comes out of this in six months time in yeah. spring of next year for example and 
are there efficiencies that you can make so uh, I'm, I'm a Toastmaster okay so I, I meet meet with a bunch of people every two mm-hmm. weeks to to learn how to speak better and help them speak better and everything else so I get to talk to a lot of people in a cross-section across the organization not just the IT people I deal with or the business people I deal with and at least 30% of them don't really want to come back to the office Mm-hmm. They want they to be just want to work from work home. from home and everything else. About another thirty percent of them want to spend maybe a day or two a week in the office, yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. a day a week in the office, yeah. spread across. And an organisation is not going to turn those down. The social sector, the uh, sorry, the unions and stuff, they're not going to stop their people working from home. So they're in a, an exact position where they can say, hey. We can be more efficient by doing this. I don't have to buy those 15 floors of additional office space no, I need. Exactly, yeah. I can cut down on those. But it's not actually that much of a cost savings because already, you know, I work in this house now like you do yeah. um, with heating bills and all those kinds of things. And obviously that's going to turn on over the next six sure. months. Yes. Um, but I do know people where they're already getting paid several hundred euros a month to cover those things because they have that program for working now. So there are all those kinds of figures that need to be done. So the productivity scores are needed by those C-level people that are making those kinds of decisions to be able to see whether there is a real return on investment for working from home, um, uh, whether they're being efficient or not in terms of delivering what they need to deliver. So I think quantifying this is an incredibly good decision by Microsoft. Before it was kind of interesting information, but now all of a sudden it can be quantified. And then when it comes to your adoption, now you can put real figures on that. I know what I'm trying to achieve and I can measure that I'm going to achieve it. So when I need another 50 grand for an adoption program, I can show how successful my previous ones were. True. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> You're on the roll, my friend. I kind of get this stuff. It's it's what I do, what I've done for years. Yeah. And I'm, not that I'm an adoption specialist. Well, I guess I've, I've just been involved in a number of programs. Well, a number but, of rollouts, so yeah. But, but I just like to quantify stuff. We were talking earlier about how, how I used to do return on investment. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. And you've got to hit the obvious ones. So, I mean, I know you poo-pooed this and by all means, do come back to me on it. But um, for one organization, we just worked out at the, just the management level, the bottom three levels of the management, all the things they do today that could be done better with good collaboration tools. So things like taking minutes of meetings, okay, doing one-to-one meetings with people and how much time they took and those kinds of things. And we basically calculated how many minutes of time they would save. And I know we've done that before and it it can be done. But there are certain things that can be a definite saving of time. So like taking minutes after a meeting. I have a meeting minute, I have an hour's meeting and then I spend another half an hour writing up the minutes and circulating them around to somebody, you know. If I can find a way of doing those in real time, so instead of my notes taking that I'm doing anyway, ready for my meetings, you know, I can actually put them in real time. But everybody does it at the same time. So on the SharePoint site, you put a decisions list in, for example, Mm -hmm. and everybody just goes, yeah, okay, I'll write that one up. So somebody's just writing that decision in and somebody can change it and do it in the meeting itself whilst they're focused on the subject. And when they all walk away, nobody has to change the minutes because they've all had party time to do it. So that's just saved half an hour of somebody's time afterwards. For every meeting. Plus then you review time and and people don't need to read them anymore. So... If they do 10 meetings a week and they do minutes for four of them, there's two hours of time saved. It's true. And if you do that for every 30 managers, then there was a way of quantifying it. And that's how we used to do it. Now we actually have those figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I quite like this idea. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I I like it as well. I'm just, just thinking that... Okay, so we, we we turn on that productivity score, but it, because it's it's coming really fast, right? It's coming end of October. Uh, those additional features yeah. are end so, of October, and you yeah. have to uh, roll out a little app to the laptop. Yeah, but that's normal, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. the same for the end results. But cool. but you get so many 
bolt on pieces true yeah it's real value yeah. no i'm i'm just thinking that all that output that you get from that productivity score who is going to look at that and who's going to work with that information who's going to do something with that information change that team hr change team hr it maybe c level yeah the so thing, the thing to remember though is that this is not a golden chalice no but it's not a poison chalice either so it is a way of including it within whatever program that you're running now around your change and adoption of ms teams is a perfect example then where I can now work out whether messaging gets increased. I can now work out whether they're in more meetings. I can now work out whether they're being efficient in those meetings. Yep. I can now work out how many hours they're working. The biggest problem at this Ooh. moment in time is how many additional hours people are working because it is difficult to separate off between sitting at my desk here in my office, in my house, and actually... You know, my my master chef. I told, I mentioned earlier, master yeah, chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that is my break point because at the moment, master chef Australia, which is by all around the world the way way best one. There's a, a every day. There's a program, so I know I leave here and I just sit down for an hour. You know, and, just uh, watch master chef. And I watch and that TV. just chills me, and that's the end of my day. You know, but so I I kind of have to work that into it. And I know Microsoft are now doing these end of your day in Teams. Okay. And it's teams where the development work is being done. And that's why people have to be on teams. Ah, yes. Okay. So it's not just about, hey, they it's need to all go the cool in there. Stuff it's where coming. all the cool stuff's coming. It's yeah. where the organization's tracking. And it's where your data's in. So that's why you need your adoption program for teams. So we can work out how many hours per day you're working. I need you to work with teams. Okay. I kind That's of. That's a far okay. stretch, it's, but yes. it's, it's not. You've you've no. chosen one spoke of a, a dial, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, of course, but of it's the whole kind of yes. transformation. And they're in a great position. Microsoft just happens to have fallen on their face. Sorry, no, fallen. What I want? They they're in the right position. <laughs> I forgot the uh, the analogy, the term. Here. They're in the right position for organizations as they change. I sure. have meetings yeah. for one of my organizations this week from the CEO. Uh, where they're actually going to announce a whole bunch of new changes. So we're, we're nobody's ever going to go back to five days a week in the office, we expect. No, I don't then, think so. But there's so much change that needs to be done to make that work. But hey, they've got three months to do it because nobody's going to be in the office anyway. It's true. It's an yeah, ideal opportunity. So if you want to be a consultant doing change, now is the now time. Now is the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Uh, unless you've got anything else, I honestly think that that's... Look, you're thoughtful now, aren't you? <laughs> yes, that as well. But I'm, I'm also quite, quite. How do you say that? Done. Like we did that session earlier on. I, I had a really long drive. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, it sucks to be me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I get no, it. No, okay. Maybe you need a whiskey. I do. You Actually, need a I do. The only thing is, we didn't clean our glasses after the last one. Well, that's okay. There's water here. Yeah, that's true. What do you mean after the last one? This is the first one we've had today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that does mean that we're going to get uh, a little bit of water in, but we can do, we can yeah. dry it up. So you're taking us to Glasgow. I'm this is uh, your whiskey you to Glasgow. This is <laughs> not my whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I bought a bottle. Yes. No, but um. After the Scottish uh, summit in Glasgow, uh, I want to say last year, but it's in February, so it's still this year. It's right before this all thing happened. Yes. Then uh, there was this uh, Scottish summit in Glasgow. And at the Scottish summit, uh, I was speaking and I had my girlfriend with me. And then we just... Uh, planned a few days driving around in the countryside, but we were already in Glasgow. She also likes whiskey, so one of the first distilleries that we visited was Ockentoshen. Ockentoshen, it's an awesome name, isn't it? You look at it I've got no time. idea if that is actually the right way to pronounce it. Doesn't I think matter. so. Ockentoshen, it's probably the right way. So, what kind of name on a whiskey bottle where you go, I'll have one of those, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you point to the bottle. It's like the Bunnahabhain. 
thing. Yeah, it's like Gunnar the Gunnar Hübbelin. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, but we have a T-shirt for that now. I want one of these, please. Just point to the yes. T-shirt. But yeah, so Ockentoshin. Um, it's a special one, though. This has been uh, our favorite kinds of finishing in a barrel. Yes, yes, yes. So it's got bourbon barrel and red wine. And not just any red wine. It's a red, fresh red, red wine. wine. So it's it's literally the... The wine gets emptied, the barrel then gets filled with whiskey. So it's brilliant. It's not, I'm sure it's dried a little <laughs> bit, you know. Yeah, um, it's probably also moved from France to um, to uh, Scotland as well. So, I was just reading yes. the back of the box and yeah. I thought it was excellent. We've been, we're looking for the wood, we go hunting for wood. And I yeah. think that typifies so much of the whiskey movement at the moment. Is okay, look, we can distill it and it works the same. We can put it out and we end up with poutine or we end up with you know whatever the the alcohol is that they call it in different countries mm -hmm. so now we've got to work out what to put it in exactly and it's about hunting for the wood and what they're going to finish it in yeah. so that's interesting yeah and then they called it blood oak because of the color yes because the color red. is really it's will really you, a red whiskey will you pour some into this glass please i will that's <laughs> that's why you were looking at me ah mm. so this distiller has been around since 1823 i'm guessing that's why it says on the top of the bottle <laughs> <laughs> yes they've been in glasgow for quite some time and the fun fact is that they're also uh the um i think the only scottish distillery that does uh, three distillations. Triple distillation. Triple distilled, yeah. Wow, it's an interesting nose. It is. I mean, the colour, first of all, it looks like somebody has literally cut their finger and dropped blood in it, yes, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. And, they, and yeah. they describe it as ruby gold. Yeah, um, it is. I guess if you yeah. get the light behind it, you do kind of get the gold. But but ruby is definitely yes. a description. Uh, Probably exactly. whenever I hear ruby, I always think of port, of course. And in this particular case, port would be a lot darker. Yeah. So on the nose, we get, uh, I'm just reading it out, vanilla and sweet maraschino sherry. So the maraschino sherry, is that the thing that you get when you order one of those cocktails that yeah, they put yeah. that, that sherry on top? Yeah, of course, I, you get the vanilla, but that, that's that's a no-brainer. I don't get that, but I do get red wine. Big-time red wine. Mm -hmm. When I taste it in a minute, I may well get extras. Yeah, and you do get that sherry flavor as well. No, you Luckily don't. enough, I no. don't. No, uh, I know you hate that. But well, I don't hate it, to be no, fair. No, 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 no. But no. To, I listen, I know I've said I hate it in the past. But that's that's also why my first worst my first words were I'm not sure if you're gonna like this, but I'm not sure either. <laughs> no. Ooh. Ah. There There's a smoke on the back, isn't there? There is. On the finish. There is. Yes. I love it. I love this one. I from we had a I flight a flight of uh, tasters over there, and this one was definitely by far uh, the one that I like best um, because of that red wine it gives it a special kind of body it gives it a special extra flavor punch I do like this I have to say I do like this so this is blood oak so Ockintosh blood oak and triply distilled triple triply triply it's distilled in Italy no it's triple distilled I do get that. But <laughs> listen, for anybody taking this, don't be put off by the nose. You can no. definitely got a lot of red wine. And now I've tasted it, it's a touch sweeter. Yeah. You also get that spicy yes. spiciness in the back. Kind of peppery. Yes. Yeah. Not very salty. No, not at all. But um, that's that's something that you see a lot when you get a spicy whiskey is that it's, it's a lot of salt that you get. But... This is very peppery. You also said that it was going to be very fruity, but I don't get that, really. I like this. It's an adult whiskey. It's, it's a kind of matured whiskey. It's, it's, exactly. It's not, you know, it's not frivolous. No. Like, we've we're also got another whiskey on the table here, which is yeah. a new one called The Quiet Man. It's an Irish 
whiskey, which, uh, which I'm particularly into. But if I, that's a kind of modern, joyful, fun thing. Yeah. But this is this is a mature. This is adult one taste. for uh, in the winter next to the fireplace. No, I think this is no. the gentleman's club. <laughs> I think this is the talking after dinner. This is an after dinner whiskey. Yes, definitely. This is not one for four o'clock in the evening. No, definitely not. No. But it's not very chewable. No, so it's not. So the palate is no. light. It's, it goes down smoothly, but with some fire. But the finish is really, really nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's where the sweetness comes from for me. Yeah. I kind of get cinnamon on the back of the throat, but I get that smoke really subtly, very nicely. Yeah. Nice, subtle smoke. And it takes a while to go. So you could certainly sip this while you're talking to your friends after dinner. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. And uh, I, I like it because it's, it, it tastes well-rounded. It's, it's a proper, well-made whiskey. It's got a very distinctive taste because of that, um, that, that red wine I guess uh, so, yeah. uh, maturation. So, yeah, if you have friends that are into whiskey, this is definitely one of the one of the whiskies that you can give them and that they will not have tasted before. No, I agree with that. I had uh, my brother-in-law around at the weekend and we tasted two or three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like the smoked ones, which was quite an interesting challenge. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I get it. Moran, that was excellent. Yeah. I'm Next time I'll bring it. something else around. Um, one that I'm not a big fan of. But I'm going to bring it around anyway. It's, <laughs> it's from a distillery that I absolutely love and adore. That gets me into trouble. But this one that they brought out, I'm not a big fan of. Okay, well that's fine. So why don't you just finish off by telling everybody what this is then, and uh, well, let them go out and buy one. And this is the Okintoshan Blood Oak. Um, I don't think you can just buy it anywhere because this uh, is actually um, something. I was told last, well, in February, that this is a, a travel exclusive. Basically, so the size of the bottle is what makes it exclusive. Ah. So it's a one liter version of the bottle. Aha. Uh -huh. But you should still be able to pick it up in From the 750 a, or uh, 700 okay. milliliter okay. size. So you're, you're good there. Okay. Good. Okay. Cool. So it's the Okintosh. Okintoshan Blood Oak. Blood Oak. So there you go, folks. We promise you a whiskey that you won't find easily. That uh, um, You can still find it, though, uh, and uh, and enjoy it. It's a no-age whiskey. Yes. Uh, which is uh, the smoothness comes from that uh, triple distillation. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't take away from it too much. It, it hasn't got a lot of uh, body to it, but it has got some nice complexity yep. in terms of the, the flavors. Finish. Yeah. Not not a huge finish though, but no, a nice finish. No, big finish. It is yeah. a subtle drink. I like it. So there you go. Thank you, Marine. Good call and good choice. So the real question then we have from after today's podcast is: How do we get other people to adopt to all these different whiskey flavors that uh, that we have and <laughs> the advantages? It's a Christmas party. <laughs> Christmas episode party. fifty. Christmas party. Yeah, that's how we do adoption. We have meetings. <laughs> we send them an email. We'll do a meeting. Oh. Well, I enjoyed this podcast. I know we were um and ah around where to start off with in terms of adoption, mm -hmm. but it, it came out quite well. I think some nice, difficult questions. Definitely difficult questions, yes. This is not an easy subject. It's not. And no. it will be different for every organization that based upon the way they manage it true. and lead it and the people within it. Yeah. But I like it. We've talked about some ways of being able to measure that return on investment. Mm -hmm. Uh, be able to define what you're trying to achieve, what the business needs, if we, sure. you know, from the business. So maybe that's our next one in the series of from the business is understanding what the business needs for collaboration and how to adopt to their requirements. Yeah. Get the proper ROI for the business yeah. in working in a better way. Adoption would be easier if you can say to the company, I can save you 10 grand a year for every 200 people. 
and then they would go no problem at all because I'll give you 10 grand if you can save 10 grand so I think getting that return on investment is good all right people well I hope you've enjoyed this podcast uh, my voice is going <coughs> this is obviously a long one I think we're about to go on to a, a virtual session if Moraine's got enough energy as we chill out with the guys from Colab from our uh, oh yeah tomorrow yes yes so that's uh, about to happen so yes. guys if you're listening to this we're on our way okay we're on our way <laughs> so uh, thank you for the subject thank you for the whiskey Moraine that was excellent so from oh. Steve Dolby I'm going to say goodbye uh, enjoyed this podcast immensely I like anything that makes me think and this one has made me think a little bit so that was pretty cool and that uh, product score stuff check it out look it up. Um, see what it can do for you because I think it's there's a lot of things that it seems like a hidden secret to me so uh, you may not have known about it so goodbye from me Steve Dolby Sai Steve I'm going to hand over to Moraine to say goodbye as always and we'll see you on the next cast thank you for listening and sweet dreams good morning depends on when you're listening um, let's talk to you very 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 soon bye bye If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine. The next Office 365 is still.